So is it a Goldilocks situation right now? Markets expect the Fed to have finished and the US is not suffering too much with the work in bringing down inflation. Retail sales were down yesterday, but not that much. And in fact, revised up in previous months. In Australia, wages went up a little more than expected, but not enough to make a difference. More interesting, perhaps, will be today's employment numbers. And the UK, inflation fell a little more than expected. So is the Bank of England finished with the hikes. Is Goldilocks on a bit of a world tour? It's Thursday, the 16th of November. 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the US dollar is back on the rise today. It's climbing 0.4% on the DXY. The Aussie dollar was also climbing through much of the overnight session, but it's down a little now, just over 65 US cents. A 0.3% fall in the euro, a 0.7% drop in the pound, and bond yields back on the rise. That was fairly short-lived, wasn't it? Ten-year treasuries are up nine basis points, up seven for ten-year gilts in the UK, up four for German ten-year bonds. Aussie ten years yesterday fell 13 to 4.53%. On futures overnight, yields climbed back up nine basis points, so following the rest of the pack. And stock markets are still in the green, uh, only just, though, for the Nasdaq, up 0.1% at close. The S&P up 0.2%, half percent for the Dow. In Europe, 0.6% for the Eurostoxx 50 and the FTSE 100 at close as well at 0.6%, 0.9% for the DAX. And oil prices are down today, 1.8% lower for Brent, 2.2% for WTI. Brent down to 81 a barrel now. I mean, it's a bit of a party yesterday, a little bit short-lived in that some of the uh, some of the excitement seems to have gone, although shares still higher in the US. So clearly, uh, you know, there's still some expectation that things are going to be good, a soft landing perhaps. So NAB's Taylor Nugent joins me today. And look, more reasons for the Fed not to hike in the latest US data. So retail sales down 0.1% in October. Producer prices month on month down 0.5%. So there we are. Two reasons to talk about Goldilocks, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. More good news there on the back of that softer CPI data yesterday. PPI a bit softer than expected, um, both on the the headline and and the core. So again, those headline numbers swung around by by gas, but some good news across the core PPI as well, which was unchanged. Expectations were for 0.3, um, and importantly, some signs that. Um, Retail and wholesale margins are are creeping lower there as well. So you know that suggests that that pricing environment has has shifted as supply has improved and and consumer demand has eased. Um, and then on the on the consumption side as well, retail sales a little bit stronger than expected. Again, gas was the the surprise there. Um, but you know looking at the the control group, that part of the basket that feeds through into. Um, into broader consumption data, um, in line with consensus at, at plus 0.2% in the month, small upper revision to the prior month as well. And so I think overall, that strength in consumption that we saw through the third quarter was always unlikely to be sustained. But I think what this data says is that probably small growth rather than a, a big correction there. And so all, po- all positive news on, on that basis. And, you know, when we look at the market reaction, I think, you know, on balance, this pro- probably would have argued in the direction of slightly lower yields with those good inflation signals coming out of the PPI. But in the context of that very big reaction we had yesterday, we have seen yields move a little bit higher. Just because they went too far, I guess. Because, I mean, if you look at the share market, you know, if you look at PPI and add CPI, then, you know, the disinflation is, is clearly happening, which would explain why the S&P is the highest it's been since September. So the party continues in equity markets. Yeah, I, I think that's right. That kind of the, the risk on reaction that we saw that, um, you know, that increase in, in equity markets that we saw yesterday has been held on to, extended a, a tiny bit further, but a little bit of a, a retracement of, of that move in, in yields. And I think, you know, the, this data suggesting, you know, suggestive of 
a soft landing. Um, it you know speaks to speaks to that price reaction. I think right. And oil prices, curiously, that's the strange thing today, isn't it? They're down. Uh, is that because you know of demand fears? Did they go too far? Is it just a bit of a technical adjustment? I mean, I guess you know for all this excitement, there is still that question, isn't there, about just how much uh, is that? How how strong is the recovery going to be? And you know, could we still see a slowdown? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, mixed mixed signals there out of the um, out of a USAA um, reports, and and you know probably not doing too much for the. That you know, not a clear directional signal out of that for the the price action, and I think you know oil prices less than less than two percent down on the day. So in the this game of recent volatility, probably not too much there. Right, on closer to home. So Australian wages data yesterday, Australian employment numbers today. So those wages numbers going up more than expected, four percent year on year, one point three percent Q on Q, which I think is the largest increase in record. Well, since. 2009, which is when they started collecting them, I think. So we, we, we spoke about this yesterday. Obviously, award wages were a large part of this. So does it really do anything to change, uh, you know, expectations with the RBA? Yeah, I don't. I don't think too much for for the RBA out of that wages price data. It was going to need to be a, a pretty material surprise, I think, for the RBA to be, um, you know, teeing the near term policy direction of of this data. Um, I think overall broadly in line with with expectations. So you know, consensus was for one point three percent in the quarter. The quarterly number came in in line with that. We were a little bit stronger, and and you know, we did see some upward revisions to to prior data. And one of the things that we were were looking for was some shifts in seasonality. So that year-ended number was a little bit stronger than than consensus and maybe at the margin a little bit strong tracking a little bit stronger than the rba's forecast for four percent um but i think broadly their kind of assessment that wages growth in australia will be peaking around four before some kind of modest slowdown alongside cooling in the labor market over the next couple of years is is still intact and so i don't think there's really too much for them to to respond to in that data as you say the the very strong number in in the quarter we shouldn't be extrapolating that that was you know driven by a couple of one-offs, we had a, a 15% wage adjustment to the, the pay level for a lot of aged care workers, and that strong award wage increase flowing through in the quarter as well. And so, so we what would about, expect... Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one-off, as you say. So what about the employment numbers today, then? How crucial are they for the direction of the RBA? What if, I guess they have been pretty resilient, of course. Yeah, yeah. So employment data showing resilience, the unemployment rate still, you know, within the kind of 3.4 to 3.7% range it's been in since July last year. So moving very much sideways. Um, our forecast is for the unemployment rate to remain at, at 3.6% uh, in October. Um, consensus is for a, a tick higher to 3.7%. I think, you know, month to month, employment data has been even more volatile recently than it than it usually is. Um, and so I think, you know, it'll be that kind of information about how the trend is evolving that will be important. And so I think, you know, again, one data print, probably hard to hard to see the RBA seeing enough to move as soon as as December, given their um given their recent guidance. But, you know, we think broadly it will show a still tight labor market, even as we expect the unemployment rate to be moving higher to somewhere around three and three quarter percent by the end of the year. And the UK's inflation rate overnight came down. It was expected to fall a lot, uh, but it's surprised by falling further than a lot. So, uh, so from uh, what six point seven percent the annual headline rate down to four point six percent. I think four point eight percent was expected. The core rate though still up at five point seven percent. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I wonder if the obviously the time to buy bonds is when you think rates have peaked, which will explain the record sale for 20 years uh, gilts overnight, 93.6 billion pounds worth of demand, apparently the second largest volume in record, mostly domestic demand. Uh, but that, you know, tells us where the markets think that the uh, BOE is heading. And so, you know, have they finished? It's looking like it, isn't it? 
Yeah, so another another kind of piece of good news on on inflation relative to expectations, I think. So we saw kind of in that kind of you know global repricing in response to that US CPI data yesterday, some of those um some pull forward of of expectations for BOE cuts um next year. And I think this data, you know, continue to to lean in in that direction. As you say, headline falling materially from six point seven down to down to four point six percent. That most of that was known. That's energy base effects. Energy prices went from contributing a lot to year-ended inflation in September to subtracting from year-ended inflation in October. So that swing um, was certainly very, very helpful. Um, but I think importantly as well, the, those core and those services measures that the BOE is watching very closely also provided small downside surprises. So a, a tenth lower than, than expectations on both the, the year-ended core and services numbers. So that's that's helpful as well. Um, inflation still very high. We know, you know. The prior day, we got those UK wages data, which showed still strong wages growth. So those those risks of still sticky inflation are still there. Um, but I think you know this is would be viewed as encouraging for from the BOE's perspective. And we've seen market pricing, you know, toying with bringing forward those expectations for the timing of cuts to around May from from June July, um, a couple of days ago before the US CPI data. How the world's changed in a few months, hasn't it? Uh, but the European Commission they are going the other way with their forecast. Anyway, they released their autumn forecast. They saw GDP 0.6% this year, uh, 1.3% next year, 1.7% for 2025. That's a slight downgrade in this year's number uh, for growth. Uh, But inflation, 6.5% this year. They'd said 5.6% a few months back, so that's quite an an upgrade. 3.5% next year compared to 2.9% last time and 2.4% for 2025. So, And yet, you know, we've got expectations of faster easing in Europe as well, even though projections for inflation have moved up. So uh, anyway, we'll see what happens there. But a big fall in GDP in Japan in Q3, minus 2.1% from 4.5%, uh, which is the revised number for Q2 annualized. That is a big drop, isn't it? And the price index up 5.1% from 3.5%. Uh, so we've got the economy in, de- in decline, spending and investment down, and prices up. That's a bit of a quandary for the Bank of Japan, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so soft soft GDP data yesterday for for Japan and kind of downside surprises there across the board. So yeah, you mentioned there in, in annualized terms a two point one percent fall that was zero point five percent in on a quarter on quarter basis, and that comes after a, a very strong Q two number. Um, but that Q two number was really boosted by by net exports. Um, and we saw a bit of a few downward revisions to the second quarter as well. So when we look across consumption, business spending, um, inventories, all of those were came in below expectations. Um, and so I think, you know, despite that headline GDP deflator number, um, which is, you know, again, really important in that in, in Japan is those, those import prices and, and energy contributing to some of those big numbers. I think, you know, this does suggest that that kind of softness in, in domestic demand, um, you know, you can see why the, the BOJ is patient in that environment, even with the, the, um, inflation numbers that they're seeing, because, you know, it's not necessarily clear that that domestic demand backdrop is going to be strong enough for that domestically sustained increase in inflation that they, that, um, that they need at, at this stage, even though, you know, with prices where they are, you know, probably some, some further progress on, on that echoing back through into domestic conditions is likely going forward. So all, all this talk about they need to do something and they need to do it fast. I mean, they'll, they'll be in the position to say now, I told you so, won't they? Potentially. Um, you know, I think 
I think the, the a slow a slow process. These these things work work slowly. There are you know some signs of of you know some green shoots that the BOJ has pointed to that maybe they're moving in the right direction on those domestic price and, and wages pressures. But you know certainly not suggesting that once some of these imported price pressures start to fall away as a driver of inflation in Japan, that they're going to be left with something that's sustainably at target. And that's what they're watching for. I think, you know, the GDP data today certainly doesn't argue in the direction that there's a domestic demand problem in, in Japan necessarily. And so I think, you know, they'll, they're likely to remain patient, remain cautious, mm. but, you know, the remainder of this year, at least on, on that basis. The remainder of this year, well, there's not a lot of that to go, Taylor. <laughs> That's a fairly safe bet, isn't it? Hey, look. I, uh, I, let's call it up to the spring, the spring wage yeah. round. Oh, will, okay. will be important. All right, so, okay. you know, looking towards May next year. There's a bold recession. All right, now, look, positive news from China. We had retail sales up 7.6% year on year in October from 5.5% last time. Uh, industrial production's ticked up a little too. The unemployment rate stuck at 5%. There's been a, a, a you know, anything on the downside of, Fixed asset investment seems to be down a little bit, but generally this is positive news, isn't it? Yeah, and I think you know the the market reaction certainly certainly took it that way. A little bit of support for the for the yuan out out of this data. Um, retail sales was really the um, the the highlight here, um, up seven point six percent year on year. That was above expectations for seven percent. Um, we need to kind of discount a little bit just how high those those year on year growth numbers are. The comparison period, there was some some cities in lockdown in in October 2022, um, but certainly better than expectations. And you know that's positive for the the strength of the Chinese consumer and some of the you know the weak consumer sentiment in China. Maybe not weighing as much as as thoughts. Um, industrial production looks to be reasonably healthy as as well. Um, so you know on nets, I think a small upside surprise here from the the China activity data. Um, but as you say that that kind of fixed asset investment side still showing signs of signs of weakness and so you know not not out of the woods yet bit of a mix shift um towards you know some pockets of of green shoots in the consumer um which is you know very positive um but nothing here to suggest that you know there isn't a there isn't a need for kind of further incremental policy support coming from coming from policymakers to try and make sure that there's you know we can see a rebound from here. Right. So today, uh, it being Thursday, U.S. jobless claims, the weekly numbers, the Philly Fed business outlook, the NAHB housing market index. We get New Zealand house sales numbers as well. Uh, more Fed speakers and ECB speakers, in, including Christine Lagarde as well. So there's a bit going on, but quite a bit quieter than it has been. Thank goodness, I think. I think so. Um, yeah, and yeah, just a word to note there, Christine Lagarde. Is uh, speaking in a, a pre-recorded address to a um, a bank regulation yeah. conference, so unlikely to be anything too groundbreaking. Um, but um, <laughs> you know, a host of a, a host of Fed and ECB speakers as well, not just right. that. Okay, excellent stuff. All right, good to talk, Taylor. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Well, that covered a bit of ground, didn't it? That's the morning call for this Thursday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. Have a great day. See you then.